Welcome to Tough Questions, where we address the most challenging issues of a real and a relative Christian faith. If you're joining us on Facebook Live or our YouTube channel, Instagram, or maybe the Tough Questions podcast, again, I want to say thanks for dialing in. Now let's get into our subject for this episode. Well, good morning, everybody. I want to thank you for joining me this morning. Thanks for dialing in. Uh, you'll notice that your screen is dark. Well, we're having some video problems today. So last week uh, we had audio problems. This week it seems to be the video problems. So uh, we're just going to work with it the way it is. Uh, you know, this week I want to start a new series. And this the series is titled Foundations. And the foundation that I want to talk about is the thing that we try and build our life upon. Now, don't get the wrong idea. Everybody builds their life on something. It might be God's word. It might be our own, you know, our education. It could be maybe family. It could be government. I mean, it's, there's all kinds of things that we can use as the foundation of who we are and how we live our life. But regardless, the foundation uh, is always the place to start. It's, it's the thing that we build upon. It's the thing that, that gives us durability and stability in life. It's the thing that keeps us from being overwhelmed many times uh, by the issues that we face in life, you know, the storms that are going to come. And they always will be there. They will always be there. But what makes all the difference in the world is what kind of foundation we have when it comes to weathering those types of storms that we have in life. Foundations, like if you look at the structure beneath your house, it's, it's, a, there's a, it's on a foundation and it needs to be deep. It has to be strong. It has to be immovable. It has to be able to weather all different kinds of storms and environments. The foundations have to be made out of the certain materials that uh, will weather well over the years. They have to be reinforced with rebar, and they, there's a certain design and the way that's got to be done. Um, frost laws tell us that you know any foundation that we're building has to be below a certain period or a certain depth in the in the in the ground. That's the thing is the foundation that we build our house upon has to be done right or it's just not going to last. There's a couple of people that uh, have, have commented about the foundation of their own lives. And in all honesty, you'd be surprised at the number of people that have thought very little about what the foundation of their life is going to be and what it's going to be built upon. Uh, one of my favorite programs uh, was um, a program with uh, these guys, and, and they all had long beards. And, you know, what am I talking about? Well, Duck Dynasty. Missy Robertson uh, quoted one day, and she said, you know, she said, if God is your solid foundation, then good or bad, you're going to be happy and you're going to be joyous if you're in him. And that's what we stand on. That was the quote from Missy Robertson. And she is talking about how really when you build your, 
your life around that relationship with God and build it around the promises of God, regardless of what things you endure in life, what things come your way, you always have hope. You always have strength to get through it. You always have God on your side uh, in order to get through those many different things. J.K. Rowling, the, the woman that wrote the Harry Potter series, uh, she made a comment one day talking about the foundation of her life. And she, this is what she said. She said, I was set free because my greatest fear had been realized. And I still had a daughter who I adored. And I had an old typewriter and a big idea. And so rock bottom became a solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. You know, there's got to be a lot more to the, you know, the meaning here than just what it is on the surface. I'm not sure what she meant when she said that rock bottom became a solid foundation for her. You know, certainly rock bottom was a place that she was at. You know, J.K. Rowling, all of a sudden she loses her job. She loses her marriage. I mean, she loses everything. And, and she's got a daughter. And, and, you know, she's got this one thing that she decides to build upon this story about this, you know, this these people, Harry Potter, the series. And J.K. Rowling just starts to work with it. There's another guy that some of you will recognize, maybe others you won't. Uh, Zig Ziglar, he's been an inspirational speaker for generations. And he says, the foundation stones for a balanced success are honesty, character, integrity, faith, love, and loyalty. You know, he was talking about, you know, you have to be a person of godly character and godly faith and to follow the you know, love your neighbor as yourself and all of those things. He's saying that, that regardless of, again, what is going on in your life, if you have that as a foundation, you will succeed and you will be successful. Now, again, not everybody agrees as to what a foundation really should be, what it should be made out of. Not everybody agrees with that. Well, <clears throat> If you're a business professional, a lot of times businesses, when things start to, to go in the wrong direction, businesses and business leaders will look back on what they've been doing and they'll, they'll say, well, what is the foundation of what it is that we started this company on? You know, what was it all about? What was our goal? What was our aspiration? Uh, and many times businesses will say, well, we just need to get back to the basics. And what they're saying is we need to get back to the basis of what we founded this company or this business on. You know, we were here to serve people for whatever reason, and we're here to do this, or we're, we're here to sell cars, or we're here to do whatever. Many times, the problems in life can be answered by simply remembering what it is I started to do in the beginning. Well, Jesus kind of illustrates this in a, in a scripture out of the book of Matthew in chapter 7. And I'll give you this. You can kind of look at this later if you'd like. But Matthew 7, verses 24 through verses 27. And this uh, particular translation comes out of uh, a Bible by, uh, uh, it is called The Message. And it's written in everyday language. 
These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to, live, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. The rain poured down and the river flooded and the tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you use my words in things like Bible studies and you don't work them into your life, you're like the stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. And when a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. This scripture story really concludes uh, one of the greatest uh, sermons that was ever preached, and that was the Sermon on the Mount. It's important to understand that because in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was teaching this group of people uh, that the kingdom of heaven is something that is here and among us. And he was saying the way to live, uh, even in the midst of all the difficulties that they were experiencing back then, is to keep your eyes focused on the message of hope and salvation through, through God. In the Sermon on the Mount, he was saying things like, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit because they will see God. Blessed are those that, you know, seek goodness uh, for one day they will be filled. Jesus was talking about a lot of different things here that were controversial. They weren't things that, that you would have expected. You know, many times, you know, if, if you really, you just wish the world was a good place, you know, and didn't have all these difficulties and all of this, these issues and all of that kind of stuff. You know, when Jesus was saying, if you hang on, if you build your foundation on the word of God and you hang, hang on, one day all of these dreams will be realized. You know, it was a very important truth that he was sharing here. And he's talking about these two men who had the same vision. They both wanted to build something. Both wanted to build their house, build their life. They wanted to build their dreams. Everything was the same. The only difference was they both had the same information, if you will, the same vision, the same professor, the same classroom, but they chose different paths. And one of the reasons is because the man that built his house on the rock, on the solid foundation, did that even though maybe the world or the culture or even his own humanity was telling him, you know, you don't have to do that. It's all about me. Life can be, you know, your apple. You can have things the way you want. Well, that's not the foundation that Jesus is talking about here. He's saying when you build your your life upon anything other than than God and God's word, then it's going to be like building it on sand. And things will erode away underneath, you know, whatever foundation you have built. That things need to be set in stone, so to speak, so that they don't wear away, you know, when the problems of life come. These two guys had the same vision, but they had... <clears throat> excuse me, different traits. One man was willing to listen to God's word and to build it on the rock. The other man was not. The other man was not willing to 
to say, you know, I'm going to trust in God to the point to where I'm going to build my life on his foundation, even though I don't understand it all, even though I might not agree with it all, but I'm still going to do that. Jesus in this story is saying, when you do that, then you have a great hope and a great future, and you can weather any storm that the, that the world throws against you or throws at you. He's not saying here that life is going to be perfect. He's not saying that everything is going to be hunky-dory and just a rose garden because we all know that there are problems in life, and they will always be there. They're just going to be there. Jesus even told us, he says, you know what? He said, if I have problems in life, guess what? You're going to have some too. If they hate me in life for following God's word, then guess what? They're going to hate you too in some cases. But you got to make the commitment to be willing to endure and to stand up on the promises that God has made for us and made to us. These two men, I submit to you, faced a lot of different things that would, would really take them off course. You know, the government, uh, the culture, the world, the music, the community, um, even family relationships, all of these things can stand in opposition to many of the different things that God's Word tells us and tells us to believe, tells us to trust in. Uh, they stand in opposition to some of the ways that, that Scripture tells us to live our life. But the foundation of what we do and what we believe and what we act upon needs to be settled in God's Word uh, so that when these times come and, and we're tempted to get off track and tempted to do things maybe on our, our own strength and under our own understanding, uh, we need to combat that sometimes. You know, as a pastor, I do a fair number of funerals. And and one of the most difficult things uh, is, and I'll, I'll tell you this um, based on experience, and that is that when, when somebody dies, uh, people get very religious very quickly. You know, and, and someone dies, and we want to tell ourselves that, you know, this person now is in the kingdom of heaven and they're up there with Aunt Sue and Aunt Uncle Beth, you know, Jesse and all this kind of stuff. And they're having a, you know, a big reunion and everything's hunky dory. And they're now they're out of the world, but they're living in paradise and, you know, all that kind of stuff. People tell themselves that to make themselves feel better. It's really kind of sad because everybody has different opinions on what's right and what's wrong. And God is telling us here, Jesus is telling us through this story that you need to trust in what God tells you. We need to trust in what God says is right and what God says is wrong, even though we might not agree with it or we might not even understand it. Because in the end, in the end, the person that has trusted in God and has done their best to live for him and to live according to his his statutes and live according to the teachings. Uh, that's the person that has a real relationship with God. And when that person passes from this life into the next one, that relationship continues. But it's based on faith and it's based on love. It's based on trust. 
Let me let me give you another example. You know, I've been married to my wife now, Dars, for what, 31, 32 years, something like that. I don't know. But what would our relationship look like if I didn't trust her? I don't think we'd have much of a relationship at all. I think it would be very difficult. I think it would be stressed. I think it would be a relationship that really doesn't have much of a foundational interest in each other. But when I build my relationship on God, and I trust in who God is, it's much different. If I didn't trust Dars, uh, what kind of a relationship would we have? It would be very poor. But since I do trust her, it's a great relationship. It's one where, where I don't have to worry about what's going on. I don't have to worry about you know, every little detail and all. I mean, she's living her life, and I know... She, her foundation is is in God, and I'm doing the same thing. And we and we trust and love each other, and it's that's the way it was meant to be. <coughs> Excuse me, but when people have someone that they love dearly die in their life, and they go to a funeral, and they they, it's so sad when there's when there's no relationship with God, nothing that you can see that's tangible. And yet, they expect to be in the kingdom of heaven. You know, Jesus in his teachings, one of the, one of the ugly pictures that he painted one day was this. Sorry, it's allergy season. I think I keep having to get a drink and cough, but. The scenario that Jesus painted was this. He said, you know, when people pass away and the end times come and the kingdom of heaven is established, there's going to be a group of people that are on the outside of the kingdom of heaven beating on the door saying, let me in, let me in. They're going to remind Jesus that, you know, we were there when you were teaching in our streets and we were there listening to you on the side of a hill and you know, we have some kind of, a, we know about you. We, we believe in who you are and all that. And Jesus is going to say to them, sorry, but I never knew you. I never knew you. I think that's one of the saddest pictures that I could ever imagine in my life. And that is for the person that believes that they have a relationship with God, uh, who lives their life and then dies and then finds out that they really didn't have a saving relationship with Christ. I think that's a horrible picture. Now, does that mean we can earn our way into the kingdom of heaven? No. What you have to do is trust God. That's the bottom line. It's not about doing all kinds of things. It's not looking the right way. It's not, it's not anything else other than trusting in who God is and believing in him. Now, if you go back and you look in many of the Bible stories, that we've all heard, you know, the ones about Abraham and Isaac, and he took him up to the mountain to offer him as a sacrifice. And you look at the the, the dealings and the teachings of the Apostle Paul or, or Peter, uh, or many of the prophets, Moses, and all these people. If you look at them, every single one of those stories demonstrates uh, a need, and it demonstrates how that individual trusted in who God was at that they trusted in who God is. They trusted in what God had said. 
They trusted in the fact that God is good. They trusted in God has my best interest at heart. I don't see how that's going to play out right now, but I'm going to choose to trust in who God is because that's who he says he is, and I believe him. That's that's what a relationship, a saving relationship is built upon. It's not built upon anything other than a real really a turning over of your own life, of your own will, of your own heart to God for his. You have to submit. You have to submit your will to the will of God. You have to submit your understanding of things, your thinking of things through to God's understanding of things and what he says and what he pronounces. You see, that's the way it works, is if you don't really wholeheartedly trust God, then you're just fooling yourself. You're just fooling yourself. I know a lot of people that, you know, are living good lives and, and you know, everything seems to be hunky-dory and they go to church and all that. Uh, but in reality, they haven't really submitted their life to God. You know, they're just going to church and doing things that make them feel better or look better or whatever, uh, believing in their mind that they have a, a real relationship with God when they really don't. They don't trust God completely. It's a horrible thing when you sit down with a couple and you're doing some premarital counseling. And during that counseling, you realize that this couple really doesn't trust each other. You know, I've had that experience and I told them, you know, I don't think you guys should get married. I really don't. You got some things you got to work out. Because a marriage where you don't trust each other or you don't believe in each other, it's doomed for failure. It's like the relationship with God, relationship with Christ. If you really don't trust him, tell him. You're not going to tell God anything he doesn't already know, but tell him. Say, you know what, God? It says, I, I believe in you. I believe you are who you say you are. But you know what? I have not learned to trust in you completely. And if you are honest with God like that, and you tell God, you know, I really don't know much about you. I don't really believe in you. Uh, I believe you are who you say you are. Um, but, you know, I can't believe in things that don't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, be honest with God, because without a doubt, to me, one of the most beautiful scriptures that there is out there is the one that tells us that for the heart, for the person that truly seeks God, he will find him. You see, if you really want to know God, and you really want to know God in a way uh, that is a saving relationship with him, tell him. Tell him. And don't worry about what you don't know or what you don't understand or what you don't believe. Be honest with God and tell God, and he will help you through that journey. Because that is Old Testament to New Testament. You, you, the theme going through all of the scripture is that God wants to reestablish a saving relationship with each and every person. Bottom line. So if you're honest with him and you tell him where you're at, in your relationship, that's that's the start of the process that you and I will go through as we continue to grow in our love, our faith, and our understanding of who God is. But you got to have a relationship. you got to have that foundation in your life. You know, I've been through all kinds of illness. Everybody knows, you know, the, the surgeries I've had and the, 
you know, the heart attacks and, and all kinds of stuff, you know, and I'm not saying this for any, I'm nothing special, but I've had my share of issues in my life. And I can honestly tell you today that I don't think I would have made it through all of those without a faith. It's an imperfect faith and it's an imperfect trust that I have in God, but I don't think I would have made it without a foundation that is centered in who God is. I really don't think so. So that's my hope and prayer for each one of you today. It's really just to understand that you need a foundation that is built upon your relationship with God and built upon the Word of God in order to endure this life and really to to enjoy the next life, the eternal life that God has planned for us. Remember, this this life that we're living here today, this is so temporary. I mean, one day it's here and one day it's gone. And what's important is the relationship that we have with God. You know, so many people say, well, I believe in God. You know, well, even the, even the demons and the devil himself believe in who God is and they're not going to be there. So that's not enough. You got to accept. You have to humble yourself before God and we have to believe in him. And it's a choice. You're choosing to believe in a God that you don't see and you haven't heard his voice. But there's something inside of you that says this is the right thing to do. So I want to encourage you to continue on that journey of faith. Again, thanks for joining me. We'll see you next week and hopefully with audio. Thanks and God bless. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining and don't forget to like and share. God bless.